I told her I was going to introduce her as the mother of all mothers. <laughs> Stephanie, my wife, is here. She got a powerful message. Men, it's going to keep you awake. I promise you that. Get ready. Give it up. My wife, Stephanie Payne. Tim's trying to sneak in a kiss before he gets back to the um, back to the seats over there. Man, whew, I don't know about you guys, but just watching those baby dedications got me all choked up. Oh, my goodness, just seeing the moms up there who we prayed over for God to bless them with a child and just seeing the miracle. Every child is a miracle. I mean, I remember when I first had my first baby, just seeing that baby. Whew. Sorry, just saw somebody we've been praying for to have a baby. I remember having my baby and becoming pregnant, going through that whole process and realizing how amazing God was. What a creator he is to create a human being from little cells that turn into an amazing creation with purpose. And God has an amazing purpose for every one of these children here this morning and for you guys. And um, anyway, whew. I have to pull it together because my message isn't very, <laughs> that might be the only time you see me cry a little bit up here. The other part of it's a little um, blood and guts this morning. It's not your typical Mother's Day message. So maybe I'm just not the, you know, typical mother. <laughs> and um, anyway, are there any mamas in the house this morning? Okay, I see a few out there. All right, any, any non-typical mothers out there? All right, come on, don't leave me hanging, ladies, Okay. We get a little sassy. I see you waving out there back to me. That's right. Come on. Fill them up. Fill them the love. Um, you know, motherhood is such a journey. And when you have your first child, you have this little infant, you know, you've read all the books. It's, you know, nothing but, you know, changing diapers and all this amazing things. And you get sleep deprivation and you handle that. You're good to go. And then they get older and then you're like, wait a second. I'm going to need to reevaluate to learn how to handle them. And our oldest is in middle school now. And he just turned 12 yesterday, so he had a birthday. It was super fun, and he is all into pets. Now, how many of you have boys out there? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You're probably getting ready to say they always come home with prizes for us, don't they? They love coming home with presents, but my little girl does too. I'll never forget, oh gosh, Riley was probably, she's nine now, so she may have been three or four. And I put her to bed. And, um, you know, tucked her in, well, you know, kind of doing the mother check one more time. You never know where they may be, even though you put them to bed 20 minutes ago. And so I went in there, and all of a sudden I see these things moving all over the carpet. And I'm like, are my eyes playing tricks on me, or is there something in her room? So I flip on the light, and there are these little frogs this big <laughs> all over her room in the carpet. And I'm like, Riley Grace, what are you doing? She's like, I wanted to bring home the frogs. I put them in my dresser drawer, but I left it open so they could have some air. Thank goodness they got some air, and I could see I didn't find them petrified a few weeks later in there. But our family loves pets. Jaden is in this total animal phase right now, just had a birthday, and um, one of the people we had invited, she came up to me later, and she said, girl, she said, you need to thank Crystal. She talked me out of buying Jaden a tarantula for his birthday. I'm like, I want to hug Crystal's neck right now for thanking her for not buying us a tarantula. I mean, we already have a hamster that I had to almost resuscitate one time, giving it mouth to mouth because it was dying on us. I was praying Jesus over it to, you know, revive. And I used to, you know, hide on top of the bed and ask Tim to come rescue me and find it. And here I am now giving it mouth to mouth. Come on, Jesus. You love hamsters too, Lord. I know you do. 
And so anyways, as moms, doesn't our roles change so many times? And it is such a journey. It is definitely not a destination. Um, we still, if you, for you guys who your kids are long gone or grown, and um, what a joy to now see them become parents and to see them on their journey and then them come to you and talk to you and get advice, being like, man, mom and dad, you are a lot smarter than what we anticipated growing up, a lot more wise than what we ever gave you credit for. So anyway, I am super excited to share this story. And I, I don't know, some of you may have heard it before, some of you may have not, so I'm just going to get into it. Tim asked me to speak, and I started thinking about it. I'm a processor, so I had to really think about it to even let him know if I would be even be willing. I'm like, let me pray about it for two months, and then I'll get back with you. <laughs> so he's sitting on the couch one day, and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I'm thinking about the message jail for, for Mother's Day. And he's like, jail like the warrior in the Bible? Or like jail. I'm like, well, my southern accent is not J-A-I-L. It's J-A-E-L. J-E-L. And um, I said, yeah, that's it. And he said, well, I've never heard that before on Mother's Day. But sure, babe, why not? Go ahead. So I hope you love this story. It was one of my favorite Bible stories growing up. She is a bad-to-the-bone kind of girl, a bad mama jamba. Is that right how we say it? And um, any other moms out there like to be bad-to-the-bone kind of ladies? So you're going to resonate with her. So the book of the Bible that it is found in is actually in Judges. Now, just to give you, like, know where this is and kind of the time setting in history, because this is in the Old Testament, actually. So Moses, now remember there was Moses and then Joshua and then Judges came next. So in the Old Testament, it's like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and Judges. And the reason why that's important, as you'll see here later, is because the people um, had seen God do some amazing things. So Moses had led the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he was not able to lead them into the promised land because of their disobedience, but he had led them, and as he led them, he had Joshua come alongside him, and he was his apprentice, and Joshua was the next one to carry on the torch and take the children into the promised land. But when they get into the promised land, the story in here talks about Joshua dying, passed away, and then the people needing judges to take over to help lead the children because, um, let's just admit it, the Israelites were a little wayward. <laughs> they liked to do things their own, own way. One verse you read, it's like they did what, right, what was right in their own eyes, and then, but then they loved God. But then they did, I was like, man, this sounds like me on a, like a daily basis. So I'm going to read to you. I'm going to go my first, my first scripture, and here is in Judges. Just to tell you where, um, where we are, Judges 2. Sorry, my Bible has fallen apart. The kids may or may not have dropped it several times in the car, so if it falls apart on me, you um, just bear with me. Okay, Joshua 2, verse 8. Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at age 110. That's a pretty good long life. <laughs> verse 10 says, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things that he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal, which is a false god. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. Now, wow. Now, remember, I just told you that Moses had led them out. Like, they had seen him part the Red Sea. 
They had seen him provide a pillar of fire by night, keeping them warm. They had had a cloud by day to give them shade. They had had manna fed to them every morning. They had seen miracle after miracle, but they didn't pass that on to the next generation. This generation that came up, they didn't know about all the miracles. What? Who? God, what? I don't understand this. It lets me know as a mom, as a dad, as, a, as anyone, what I have isn't just for me. It's for those around me. It's for me to pass on to the next generation. It's for me to tell others, hey, what God did for me, he can do for you too. It's not just good for me. It's good for you. And God is amazing and he wants to do marvelous things. Now, some of the fa you know, famous judges in the Bible, you're, you're more familiar with a couple of names. And one of the names you're probably familiar with is Samson, one of the strongest, but it had a little problem with the ladies. And so we have heard tons of stories and illustrations on Samson. And then there was Gideon who came into play, and he was the mighty warrior who had 300. God took him down from a large army down to a small army with only 300 and accomplished a lot. But this next one is a lady. Just have to say a Mother's Day. I have to tell you a story about a lady. Sorry, guys. This is about a warrior princess. And um, this is Deborah. She is the judge at this time. Now, I'm going to still tell you about jail, but Deborah sets it up for us. So I'm going to go over here into Judges chapter 4. This way you'll understand the story. I'm going to start it out, and then I'll tell you a little bit more. After Ehud's death, the Israelites did evil again in the Lord's sight. And that we just talked about. <laughs> God, it's me again, messing up again today. So the Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Hazor, a Canaanite king. The commander of his army was Sisera. Now remember that, ma that name. This is a very, very um, evil man. He lived in Harasheth Hagoah. Sisera had 900 iron chariots and ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. He was cruel. He was a taskmaster. He was, they were his slaves. They were his servants. He, he like pressed them down, pressed the people down. Well, Deborah at this time, she was a judge. Of in the Bible, Deborah said that so many people came and complained to her. Well, I don't, it didn't say complain, but they came to her for, for being judged. They, she said, it says, she sat under the palm tree of Deborah. She's probably like, okay, if these people are going to complain this much, I might as well go ahead and have a palm tree named after me. So that way I can just chill out here all day because these people are super needy. So as she's sitting there, God spoke to her because she was the voice for the people, the children of Israel at this time. God spoke to her and said, get ready, get ready. I am going to turn the Canaanites over to you and get ready. So she calls Barak the leader of the Israelite army. And she calls him. She's like, man, I've got great news. I've got great news for you. God said he's turned the people over, the, um, our enemy over to us. Man, you think Barak's like, yeah, hurrah, let's do this. No, that wasn't Deborah. Uh, that wasn't Barak. Nope. This is what he said. I'll only go if you go with me. Now, I like to think it's because, you know, I, you know, I kind of want to you know, play it down a little bit. But, you know, where was his courage? He may have just been like, man, Deborah is so fierce. She's got the power of the Lord on her. I want her on my side. If she's saying that Jesus is going to help us to take the enemy out, I want her with me. Or was it the fact that he just didn't have the courage? God had already told him he was going before him. But he didn't have the courage that it took to take the enemy out. So it says here. 
in verse 9, Deborah said, okay, very well. I will go with you. Don't you love that Jesus never leaves us? He's like, man, even though you're scared, I got somebody by your side. But you will receive no honor in this venture, for the Lord's victory over Sisera will be at the hands of a woman. A what? A what? Ladies, that is your time to shine. Come on now. We're talking about a bad-to-the-bone man who is ruthlessly oppressed him for 20 years, and God just said, I'm going to send a woman to take care of business. Do I got any women out there who can take care of business? Come on. I know you got hills. I mean, we can take these bad boys off and use them as weapons. I mean, Mama Bear comes out, and I'm like, whoa, whoa. You said what to my baby girl? Come on. Hold up. So Deborah went with Barak. I love that. I love the fact that they go. So they go. We're going to flip over here into the next um, verse 14. Deborah said to Barak, get ready, get ready, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera, for the Lord is marching ahead of you. Man, what does that tell us? Men, women, moms, what would you do different if you knew the Lord was marching before you? What would you do different in your daily life? in your personal courage, if you knew that God already said, hey, I got your back. This battle's not yours to fight alone. I'm going with you. I've got, I can take care of the Sisera. Who's that? You're talking to the Lord God Almighty. What, what would we do different, women? What would we do different, men? So get ready. This is the day. So by this time, the soldiers came and the big um, get water and God overturned the army and God basically wiped out with the help of um, the Israelites, 10,000 of their army came and they had 900 chariots, 900 soldiers. So the battle is the Lord's, everything's happening, God, they're getting the victory, but one man escapes. Now, who do you think that one man is? It's Sisera. He's like, ooh, now's my chance. I got to get out on foot. I got to go. I got to run. I got to hide. Man, I just saw all my guys just die. Man, the Lord was on their side. I got to get out of here. So he takes off running on foot. Well, guess whose tent he comes to? Oh, that's right. He came to jail's tent. Now, jail is just a homemaker. We got any just a homemakers out there? I love that when I ask moms. I'm like, what do you do? I'm just, just a mom. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, that's the biggest accomplishment ever. Like, really? I mean, if we got paid for what we do, we'd be millionaires, right? So he comes to jail's tent. I want to read this. These verses will be up on the screen. I love this. I love this. Oh, I'm going to put this down because i got to get something in my hands. You're going to see what it is. Meanwhile, Sisera ran to the tent of jail, the wife of Heber, the Kenite, because Heber's family was friend on friendly terms with the king. So her husband and her family were friends with the enemy, but jail wasn't. She knew who the enemy was. This was the man that had been trying to take her family out. This was the man who had been oppressing them for too long. But jail went out to meet him. She went out to meet Sisera and said, come on into my tent. Come in. Don't be afraid. Come right on inside. I got something for you, big boy. So he went into her tent, and she covered him with a blanket, which showed huge hospitality. That was a big deal in Bible times for a man to come into a woman's tent, let alone for her to show hospitality to him. 
her to cover him with a blanket. And then when he asked her for water, she gave him milk instead. It's like, I'll, I'll, a little, little more. And so he said, he said here, he said, stand at the door of the tent. And if anybody comes and asks you if there is anyone here, just say no. So here he's so comfortable with her that he, he asked her to lie for him. He's like, hey, just, just say I'm not here. She's like, okay, go ahead and lay right here to sleep. I'm going to need you to take a little nap right there. But ooh, let me get my little, my little props out. But when, that's right, it's serious business now. It's serious business. But when Sisera fell asleep from exhaustion, Jael quietly crept up to him with a hammer or a mallet. And this isn't light. I mean, it's pretty heavy. <laughs> with a hammer and a tent peg. Then she drove the tent peg through his temple and into the ground, and so he died. I know. You're like, what? What? What kind of Mother's Day message is this? Like, where's my flowers and chocolate? I need some of that. Ladies, now men don't get scared, okay? We are not passing out complimentary tent pegs on the way out the door, okay? But if you talk to Doug Jolly, he might be able to make you one, okay? Keep your men in line. Keep that honey-do list done. I'm just kidding. Jail woke up that morning. Do you think maybe she knew that God had already told Deborah? Do you think word had gotten out on the streets among the Israelites that God had already promised that the, that the enemy would be delivered to them that day? And she's like, whew, Barak didn't take care of it. Mama's got to take care of some business. I got to come, come on in, buddy. I got a present for you. Here's some milk. Here's some this. She recognized the enemy. You know, women, you know, men, how many times in our family has the enemy been so familiar to us that we've let him in our home? We've let him in through fear. We've let him in through insecurities. We've let him in through rejection. We've let him in through failures. And he's so familiar. It's like, come on in. I know how bad you're going to tell me. I know you how bad you're going to tell me that I am. The enemy tells me over and over and over every day what a failure I am as a mother. All the should-haves, especially when I get on Facebook and Pinterest, if we're honest. You know, but not jail. She recognized her enemy. And she's like, not today, devil. Not today. The Lord God said he is on my side. The Lord God said he would deliver the enemy. I don't have to do this on my own. Ladies, men, we don't have to do this on our own. The victory is the Lord's. I want to read a verse to you. That's right. Absolutely. I'd clap for that. If I didn't, if I didn't have this in my hand, I would clap. <laughs> I want to read one more passage of scripture to you. I think it's going to really hit home with us. So you take the old, you look at jail and what she did. And what I love is that she didn't have, she wasn't this like extraordinary person who was doing all this crazy stuff. She was just doing what God had called her to be by being a homemaker, by being a mom, by putting together the tents. And God used what she had in her hands. What do you think is insignificant? 
that God calls significant in your life? Is there something that when you look at, you're like, man, this is just a tent peg. But God says, man, with my power and a tent peg, you can bring down enemies. Your generations of your family can be changed from here on out. I'm going to go over to um, Philippians. Let's go over to Philippians. Philippians 4. I'm going to read a verse to you. As I was studying this message, even before, I love how God is. You know, don't we all want to be those fearless jails that are just like these fierce beasts that can kick butt and drive the tent peg? Do we always feel like this, ladies? Yes, no, no, no. Most of the time we're dragging by. We're like, okay, if I can just make it through another 24 hours and get those kids in bed, thank God. I can sit on the couch and watch or, you know, do something. And so many times that's where we are. We don't realize the God inside of us, the alive, living son of God who has given us life. He is living and breathing, and he is alive in us. And as I was sitting there one day, absolutely. Well, I'm just confessing my faults. So as I was sitting there one day, and it was during staff meeting, and I was trying to pay attention, but, you know, it was just one of those weeks that I was, you know, down about myself and not feeling good about myself. And, you know, all, you know, the enemy's like, you're not this, you're not this, maybe sometimes. And, you know, you just go down the list, don't we, in the checklist in our mind. And I was feeling sick physically, too. And I pulled the cough drop out of my, um, my you know, my purse, and I didn't realize it was going to be a holy cough drop. So the reason why I say it's a holy cough drop, look over here on our screen, and I'll show you why it's a holy cough drop. So I never read the sayings on the Hall's cough drops. I didn't even know there was sayings on Hall's cough drops. So as I was sitting there, and I was like, get back in the game. Hmm. You've survived tougher. Wow. Fire up those engines. Okay. Flex your can-do muscle. Wow. Seize the day. I'm like, Ooh, Jesus, you are talking to me through the Hall's cough drop today. You are telling me it is time to get up and seize the day. I mean, I didn't know God could speak so much through the Hall's cough drop, but I was like, I am ready. I, and then God's like, what about jail? Did she seize the day? Did she grab her tent peg and seize the day? Guys, women, a lot of us need to get back in the game this morning. We have checked out because the enemy has wreaked havoc in our lives. The enemy has told us everything that we cannot do, what we are not. But God says, get back in the game. You've survived tougher. Fire up those engines. You are light to the world. Flex your can-do muscle and seize the day. I um, Let me read this to you. Philippians 4. We'll go over here to Philippians 4. I wanted to read this to you. I just thought it was so good. It's almost, like a, it's almost like a prayer to us. Philippians, it says, I can do all things. Now, I've always read this verse, and it's so powerful. But when I read it in the Amplified Version, I was like, God, oh, it just came alive. I can do all things which he has called me to do. You are called. You are chosen. You have a purpose. Through him who strengthens and empowers you. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to fight this battle alone. He is with you. He empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Now, I've tried to be self-sufficient on my own. And I hear it come out of my little girls, just give it to me. I can do it myself. I'm like, hmm, 
She may have heard that once or twice from her mother. But God says, you can be, <laughs> Tim's over here, preacher. You know. <laughs> that wasn't a hot point right there. So, you know, God wants us to be self-sufficient, but with his self-sufficiency, with his sufficiency in us. Because he says, I am ready for anything and equal to anything through, this is it, him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. You need, <laughs> you can clap for that one, babe. Come on. How many of you need an infusion today of confidence and inner peace? The enemy has robbed you of your peace. He's robbed you of your strength. You feel like, man, I can't go on. I mean, it's a day to celebrate Mother's, you know, Mother's Day, but I mean, I don't even feel like celebrating myself right now. I lack so much. Let him infuse you. Think about the water bottles they make now all the time. Put the infused water. What happens when it sits there a little bit longer? The flavors come out. Taste those strawberries. Taste that watermelon. Taste the whatever fruit, whatever flavor. We're all different flavors. Let him infuse you this morning. Let him remind you to seize the day. This is the beginning of a new day for some of you guys. This is a beginning of a new day for some of you to pick up that tent peg and say, enemy, I've had enough. I'm ready to seize my day. I'm ready to stop and silence the lies of the enemy that says I am not, that I'm going to listen to the, to the words that says he is or I am. That's why he calls himself the I am. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. You know, we had done our, um, I asked Matt to play no longer a slave to fear over us this morning. I said, Matt, I really want, I said, I know how I struggle as a, as a person, let alone a mom. And I want us to sing that. And I want him to sing these a few lyrics over us. So, and I pray over you guys. I want you to realize you are no longer a slave to fear. He has given you, not literally a tent peg and a hammer, <laughs> a mallet. But literally, he has given you the word of the Lord, the Bible, to drive a nail through the head of the enemy on the cross. Jesus said, it is finished. The enemy has been defeated in Jesus' name. You will no longer be a slave. And I want you just to listen to these lyrics as Matt sings them over you. This is the voice of your Savior. God, we thank you for these, the people that are represented here today, God. 
especially the women and the mothers, God, but even the men too. God, I pray that you will dare them to be the me that you created them to be. God, don't let what the past, the world, social media says about them to define them, Jesus. God, let them know today that they are a child of God. God, and that we, as your people, need to rise up and be the me that you created us to be. God, today, God, I pray that they will feel valued. Let them know, God, that you value them. That's why they're valued. Let them know that they are fearless because of you. God, let them know that they are courageous. God, that they, you think wonderful thoughts about them. You think precious thoughts about them. God, that they are beautiful. God, I especially pray for every woman here today, God, to know that she is beautiful. She is not defined by any image on a TV, any image on a magazine. God, but she is created wonderful. God, because you knit her together in her mother's womb. God, and you called her a masterpiece. God, I pray, God, over every woman here, God, that you will have them, let them have life and let them have life more abundantly, Jesus. God, I pray, Jesus, God, that they will not leave today scared and powerless by the enemy, God, but they will realize that the enemy is scared of them because the dunamis power of the living God is living inside of them, Jesus, because of the resurrection of you, Jesus. God, I thank you, God, that my brothers and sisters in Christ, God, that we will rise to be the men and women you created us to be. Help us to take courage and live in confidence to know you are with us. You go before us and you are on our side and let us seize the day. Father God, I pray over, over um, people here today, Jesus God, who may not know you. As your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I want to give you this opportunity. If you don't know Jesus, you may not know how to seize the day. You can't seize the day and defeat the enemy if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Jesus loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you. If you were the only person here today, he would have done it just for you. When he was on the cross, he saw you. He saw your past. He sees your present. He sees your future, and he loves you anyway. Us humanly, we have stipulations, but our Jesus, oh no, he loves us. He's faithful to love us. Jesus said he died on the cross so we might have life more abundantly. And if we ask him to come into our heart and receive the gift of life, we will be his for eternity, and we will become a child of his ever prayed this prayer, I'm going to say the sinner's prayer. It's not a magic prayer. It's just you saying, man, whew, I need you, Jesus. I can't do this without you. I need you. Father God, give them courage if they need to say this prayer. God, if they've never received you, God, give them courage to repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I know what I am without you. I am nothing apart from you. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life today and make me new. I can't do this without you. And I ask this in your name. Amen. With head bowed, eyes closed, if you have asked this, 
ask Jesus to come into your heart for the first time on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand because we are going to celebrate because this is the way you're going to seize the day today because today is going to be a new day for some mamas and some daddies out here today. So on the count of three, God, give them courage. One, two, three. Thank you, guys. 